0: heights to the depths of the sea.
1: But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he is not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And notice this, underline this, and the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Every
0: creature's unique. let Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. During his teaching in the first part of chapter 18 in the book of Second Kings, Pastor Rob takes us on a journey through Second Chronicles chapters 29 and 30. These chapters are very important in our study of King Hezekiah and the advantages of obeying the Lord. Hezekiah was a king that followed the Lord's direction and always took time to seek the Lord in good times and bad. One of the most significant accomplishments was restoring the proper worship and prayer to the Lord. Let's join Pastor Rob now as he takes us on this biblical journey
1: taking it downstairs for her so she doesn't have to carry this big wad of stuff. Sometimes it means taking the groceries out of the car and bringing them in. Just to name a few things, and I know each of you are getting, "Ooh, that hurt. Ooh, that hurt. Stop it. Get him. Because I've had the same thing. Hmm. So, They stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with stringed instruments, with harps according to the commandment of David, of Gad the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet. For thus... Uh, was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood, the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests and the trumpets, and then Hezekiah commanded them to offer the burnt offering on the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord also began with the trumpets and with the instruments of David, king of Israel. And so all the assembly, all the people worshipped, the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had finished offering, the king and all who were present with him, they bowed and they worshipped. And moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. In other words, the Psalms. They sang the Psalms, and so they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and they worshipped. And then Hezekiah answered and said, "Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord, come near." And bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And so the assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings. And as many as were of a willing heart brought burnt offerings. The number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, 200 lambs. And these were for the burnt offering to the Lord. And then the consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. But the priests were too few. So that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, the brethren, their brethren, helped them until the work was ended and until the other priests had sanctified themselves. For the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. And also the burnt offerings were in abundance with the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Notice that. It was set in order for the first time in hundreds of years. (laughs) Now they're actually doing this the right way. And God's going, oh, I'm so blessed. You're doing what I told you to do. You're worshiping me the way I told you to worship me. You didn't make things up. You didn't do what felt good to you. No, you just, you followed what I told you. This is, I am God, he says, and this is how I want to be worshiped. Don't deviate from it. Don't add food coloring. Don't add sparkles to the incense, you know, the pop rocks. Don't add that stuff. Just do what I tell you to do. Just be obedient. Stay in your lane. And boy, we hate that staying in our own lane. I want to go to that lane. I want to go over to that pasture. It looks so nice over there. Oh, but it's nice here too, but it, it must be nicer over there. It's got to be nicer. <laughs> that sheep is smiling and I'm just here. And... Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. I love this. There was a spontaneity about it that they weren't even quite ready, and God was in it. God was in it. (laughs) And check this out. Go on to verse 30. And so Hezekiah, he does this Passover, which they haven't done in so long, and the Bible spends a lot of time talking about this. That's why I'm reading it to you verbatim tonight, because this was... Something they hadn't done in a long time. Sometimes it's really good to just go back to the old paths. See, they'd gotten off and they started doing their new thing, and the church in America is off doing its new thing, whatever it is, this wind of thing of doctrine is going through the church and whatever it is. you know, but stay in our lane and stay on the old path. There's safety and there's comfort. Oh, but they're, you know, they're worshiping with all the lights and all the electric guitars, and the guy's sliding across on his knees doing a guitar solo. It's amazing. And you're like, is that really worship? Do you know how many churches in America? I mean, not that we have to do this because the Lamb of God was slain once and for all, but can you imagine how quickly this church or any other church would empty out if we had an altar and we took a little cute little lamb, little puffy e- white ears, And we sacrifice that lamb on the altar. We don't have to do that today, but you got to think that's what they did. The blood of a lamb. The blood of the lamb. It was all symbolic. God was preparing them for that day. But to do that, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, the Bible says. Aren't you glad that Christ died for us? But notice this Passover. This is amazing. And Hezekiah sent all Israel and Judah, and he also wrote letters. Notice, not only to Judah and the cities of Judah, but he goes even farther up into Israel. Many of them have been taken a captive, but some have had escaped, some have hidden, and so there's still people in the northern part that haven't gotten carried away captive. And so he invites them, come on down, we're going to have a worship service. So Hezekiah sent sent to all Israel and Judah and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover of of the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover, notice, in the second month. What was the Passover supposed to be on? The first month. So why are they doing it on the second month? It was supposed to be in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, but now they're doing it in the second month. Hmm, this is interesting, isn't it? And I love this. Watch what happens. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month. Very simply, the first month has already passed. For they could not keep it at the regular time because a sufficient number of priests had not consecrated themselves, nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. And the matter pleased the king and all the assembly. And so they resolved to make a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba, which is in the south, to Dan, which is always in the the north of Israel, that they should come to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem, since they had not done it for a long time in the prescribed manner. And notice, So the guys get out their iPhones, and they're texting everybody all around the country. No, they had to... Then the runners, (laughs) these guys were runners, and they went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his leaders and spoke according to the commandment of the king, saying, children of Israel, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. And then he will return to... And then he will return to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. And do not be like your fathers and your brethren who trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, so that he gave them up to desolation as you see. Now do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord, and enter his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever and served and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of His wrath may, re- may uh, turn away from you. Because remember, they were they were serving golden calves in Dan and another one in Bethel. He's saying, now that you guys are taken away captive, those of you who are left, come on down to the place you should have done it from the beginning. For if you return to the Lord, your brethren and your children will be treated with compassion by those who led them captive, so that they may come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious, notice, and merciful, and will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So the runners passed from city to city, through country through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, as far as Zebulun, but they laughed at them and they mocked them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, from the tribe of Asher, some from Manasseh, some from Zebulun, they humbled themselves and they came to Jerusalem, which is a really good idea. Also the hand of of God was on Judah to give them singleness of heart to obey the commandment of the king and the leaders at the word of the Lord. Now many people, a very great assembly, gathered at Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. These were the false altars, okay? And they took away all the incense altars, which were for pagan purposes, and they cast them into the brook Kidron, which is right to the east of the Temple Mount. There's a little valley in the Temple Mount. It goes down, and there's a valley called the Kidron. And there used to be a brook that went through there, and then on the other side of it is the Mount of Olives. And then they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day notice of the second month. And God allowed this. We, we don't have time to go there, but he allowed that to occur under certain circumstances, for certain reasons. And here, because they wanted to do a really great thing, they wanted to consecrate themselves. God wasn't going to go, you're going to have to wait till next year. Now is not the right time. According to the law, sorry, you've got to, to wait. No, he's like, I don't care if it's the third month. You guys, your heart is on fire for me. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Let's do it now. And I love that. And so, they stood in their place according to their custom, according to the law of Moses, the man of God, and the priests sprinkled the blood received from the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the assembly who had not sanctified themselves. Therefore, the Levites had charge of the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was not clean to sanctify them to the Lord because of their haste, right? So for a multitude of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written, but Hezekiah prayed for them. You might want to underline that so they 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 were doing some things out of order but their heart was right and god saw the heart behind it all and they're like you know we just did we just started this thing and we're doing it kind of quickly we're ready to go and so what is and they knew they weren't doing the right thing but they they didn't have you know the luxury of time to consecrate themselves and go through their rituals so what does it say But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he is not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And notice this, underline this. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. So much for legalism. <laughs> you know, there are people in the church, so, well, God couldn't do that. Yeah, you, know, you got to do it this way. Otherwise, God's not going to be blessed. You're not going to get rewarded. I don't want a fellowship with you. God's going, relax. Look at the heart. The heart is what I'm concerned about. And notice, they didn't have time. God knew that. He's the author of time. And yet he saw this outbreak. And I pray that it happens in our country where the church, we forget about everything else. And we're like, God, you've got to save us. And I don't mean save us in in an eternal way. For those of you who are born again, you're saved. But I mean, Lord, save us from what's happening. Help us. We're in a mess. So the children of Israel who were present at Jerusalem, they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing to the Lord, accompanied by loud instruments, I wish I was there, honestly, One of the greatest memories I have, and and I know I'm taking a little more time here, and we're going to end here pretty shortly because I don't want to keep it too late. But one of the sweetest memories I have of being in Israel, as I remember one time we were in the old city of Jerusalem, and um, it was a beautiful day. And we heard this ruckus, and we heard this sound, and there was just this sound of joy and, and dancing, and, and it was coming toward us. And, you you know, sometimes you can be in one place, and you turn a corner, and then there's this little alleyway. And here was this huge group of people celebrating the bar mitzvah of this 13-year-old young boy, and they had him up on his shoulders. And they're celebrating, and they're dancing, and they're singing. And I, I wept. I was like, man, what what a, look at that. They were so excited. They were genuinely celebrating, happy for this young man. Now he's a son of the law, the bar mitzvah. And it was such a cultural big deal to them. And they were singing. And no doubt, after they had danced and they sang for hours, they went and they had a big feast and everybody ate well. And there was dancing and singing. And I thought to myself, man, that is just something that is just... I wanted to ask, hey, can I pay $20 or whatever and join you guys? I got it on video. I was so enamored, I got it on video. And you could hear them, and they're just like, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, and they're jumping around. And I was just like floored, just the joy. It was incredible. And to think that this, what we're reading now, joy and excitement. And the whole assembly agreed to keep the feast another seven days. the law only told them to do it seven days they're having such a great time in the presence of God they're saying let's do it for another seven days and they kept it another seven days with gladness for Hezekiah king of Judah gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep and the leaders gave to the assembly a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep and a great number of priests sanctified themselves the whole assembly of Judah rejoiced all the priests and the Levites all the assembly that came from Israel the sojourners who came from the land of Israel and those who dwelt in the land. And so there was great joy in Jerusalem for since the time of Solomon, underline this verse 26, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. It was a huge, big deal. I love that. I wish I could be there. Wish I was there. Then the priests and the Levites arose and they blessed the people and their voice was heard and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, to heaven. I love that. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that inspiring? I'm like, Lord, make our worship like that. You know, don't be afraid to stand. And, you know, sometimes we direct you, and I've done it myself, and Sarah does too. We direct you to stand in the beginning, perhaps, or sit down. But you know what? Forget about us. If you want to stand, you stand. And I would encourage you to sing. Don't worry about your voice, don't worry about what you look like. I mean, really, this is the place where we ought to come and not worry about what we look like. Just come and worship God. And get excited about him again. I think we're a little tame. I want to encourage you. Don't worry. If it gets really weird, we'll we'll talk about it. But you know what? I don't think we have to really worry about that with this group, with, with our group. Most churches, most Calvaries. Let's breathe again. Let's live again. Let's liven up a little bit. And again, I'm not promoting weirdness, but I am saying, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying let's loosen up a little bit and enjoy the Lord and not be so, look at the, I might might sing. Or maybe I won't sing at all. Now, you can worship without singing. I get it. I get it. However, when we're singing, let's sing. I've been in a room with 1,200 men, 1,200 pastors at a pastor's conference, 1,200 men who love Christ with all of their heart. And I've heard them sing, and the roof is about ready to cave in. Because every one of those guys are giving it everything that's in their gut, and the sound can be heard across the Chesapeake. They can hear it across the area where we used to be. The men singing, not like, I love you, Lord, and I lift my, I love, I mean, they're really just belting it out, and it's serious, and it's, that. Who cares? Doesn't matter how good your voice is. If if you're tone deaf, praise God. Sing with all of your heart, and don't worry. You know, I want to challenge you in that. Let's break out of our doldrums. Let's break out of this crust that has overcome us. And I'm not talking about weirdness. Don't worry about being weird. If we're, you know, there's an order in worship, but if there's joy, we got to have joy again. And it's not the worship leader's fault. Because I've led the worship, and, 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 and you the know, same is true. Whoever's leading worship, it's not their fault. Let's get on our... Clap. Can we clap again? On two and four. <laughs> Never clap on one and three, okay? As a musician, you clap on one and three, you're messing everything up with we'll a start over. But always clap on two and four. One, two, three. I love you, Lord, right? Whatever it is. But clap and express it in your face. Think of the words. Sorry, I'm going on and on about this, but just let's loosen up and not worry. Let's not worry. We're going to have to stop there. Why don't we stand together and let's pray together. But be encouraged. I love this chapter because it's just something that Israel has needed. And God has chosen a man like Hezekiah at the right moment in their history to be a shining bright light for them and to kick out all the cobwebs and to lift the song of praise up higher and to lift it and, and to worship God because He's worthy of of being worshipped. He's cleaning the house. And I love this. See, we need that in America. America is like where Judah was before Hezekiah came along. We're barely, our, 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 our EKG or whatever is starting to flatline. There's just this little little line, and every now and then there's this little thing, you know, and it's, it's just slowly flatlining and slowly smoothing out, almost dead. And then God goes, <sighs> He breathes new life. May that happen all over our country, all over the world, the true church of God, worshiping Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great King of all creation, the one who has forgiven you of all your sin, the God who is going to usher you into the kingdom and into heaven, and you'll never see death or hell. You'll never see eternal death or hell. You'll never see it if you're a believer. Do you understand that? That, to me, makes me want to dance, these feet want to move. When I think of how exciting that is, right? I love that. So I would encourage you to read these chapters again, especially these Second uh, Corinthians or Second Chronicles, excuse me, twenty-nine and thirty, and let it let it do something to you as it's doing in me. I just love the Lord, and I want Him to do whatever He wants i don't want to hold him back i don't want to keep him from doing all that he wants lord we thank you for tonight and lord i pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters lord i pray that you would encourage them i pray that you would reveal your great love to them so much so god that they just couldn't contain it they couldn't stand it anymore just to be loved by you god and just our times in your word, Lord, may it be fresh and new. And Lord, when it feels stale, would you breathe new life into us and would you help us, Lord, just to, to, to read like we've never read before, to pray like we've never prayed before, to worship like we've never worshipped. Lord, change us. Change me, God. Break me out of my old crust and, 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 uh, and, and breathe new life into all of us as you're breathing new life into Judah in this chapter. Lord, may we glorify you today and tomorrow and all the next week and all the next month, and just keep pouring out your spirit, Lord, upon us. We ask it in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. That's the end of our lesson for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Second Kings.